Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck sure you, you, Craig. Super fucking robot. I'm sure you are. Now recording. Now recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, we believe he that wasn't we recording. We believe that we fucking see it. And saying that, the last three recordings have come out great. So, you know, fingers crossed. He's back on the. Yeah, back in the, the good one book. before that though wasn't so hot, or the one before that. Fucking two lost episodes. You'll never Craig hear. Is just, Craig is just an elaborate mini game by Discord, and we've the really annoying thing about the last episode is that like I can't believe we got the Rock in, and like you know, after talking shit about the Rock for like fucking six months, we finally got him on, and you know he was loving it. He was, and like that's you know that's over. And you find yourself in a fight. Cat is such a huge fan of the show. God knows well, why. But... I mean, we we can't get him back again because like now he's back to be busy again. You know, films are films are in the works again. So you know, it's unfortunately, that's just never going to happen. Complete waste of his time. He when just he was filming, when he was, truck. yeah, when he was filming from home, when he was doing all those major blockbusters from his from his um, bedroom, like that that was fine. You know, um, but and was was anything scary. recoverable from that? No, not at all. Um, it's very unfortunate they're, they're completely gone. All that's, well, that's left okay. sounds like poorly edited together clips of his voice from various Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it, unfortunate, you know, but that's what happens. You got to live and learn. You got to just kind of roll with the punches, you know. Got to just kind of get on. Morning grind, as The Rock would say, and did say on the podcast, actually, the last time we were there. Um, but speaking of the podcast, this is episode 22 of Morning Brew. I am, of course, Adam Sheridan, joined as always by... He's frozen. Daniel Purcell. Give him a second. This is awful. What happened when the rock was on? It was really frozen. It's okay. You can introduce yourself. Yeah, that's how he already has. He's our co-host. It froze. <laughs> I'm gonna go and tether off this uh, off the old off my phone and see if that gives me a slightly more stable internet connection. Uh, okay. While I'm doing that, I'll just introduce myself. It's uh, it's Stephen Burke. Hey. This also happened when The Rock was here, so I wouldn't worry about it. He was very embarrassed. We didn't want to bring it up. Um, he had to tether off his phone as well. Yeah. Some fucking phone, too. He has an iPhone XXXL. Fucking gigantic. It's like a fucking TV. We kept telling him it was an iPad, but he didn't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't text on this, guys. I get called, but it's an iPhone. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Dan did correct him, and he did turn around and say, no, how would you know? And then when Dan said, that's definitely an iPad, he said, yeah, maybe to you, which we didn't really understand, but we just kind of moved on. Yeah, he kept making clucking noises whenever I tried to say anything. It was very rude. He, I'm glad he is a, was recording. He is a little bit odd. He is a bit of a strange duck now, in fairness. He called me um, a jabroni. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Neither do I. I never I don't think it's it good. Is it good? Is a jabroni uh, a good thing? I don't think so. You don't, don't normally so call, call someone good things. He, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it in a mean-spirited way, though. He was just joking. He was doing. He was yeah, doing yeah. a bit. Yeah. It was a bit. He was mad for the bits. He was fucking mad for bits. He was. Oh yeah. He did this whole bit where he like he was trying to pretend that like Kevin Hart was really funny and like everyone likes Kevin Hart in movies and like it was really funny. Like we all loved it. Um, maybe like you know, class A satire. But that's behind us. Speaking of the Rock, though, since he's not gonna be back on for a while, I feel safe to say that uh. Man, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting real sick of The Rock's bullshit. He's, he's this fucking New Age Arnold Schwarzenegger shit, and I think, we need to, I think we need to nip that in the bud. I think we need to get rid of this. Oh, what do you is, mean? Is he, is, he, well, is he putting forward a lifestyle for you can get as big as I am? No, absolutely not. The Rock is very clear on you could definitely not get as big as The Rock. <laughs> he's okay, very well, clear on that. But he does that thing that Arnie used to do in the 90s where he refuses to play bad guys and if he's supposed to play a bad guy he gets the writers to rewrite the bad guy into some kind of good guy or at the very least barely bad and then redeems himself towards the end. Terrible, like absolutely awful situation. I hate it. And I'm, I genuinely mean that. I think, it's, I think it's really I think it's really schlocky and I think it's really stupid and it's really egotistical for you not to play the fucking role. Um, Doesn't, I, I think he does play the baddie I just, this just struck me now because you've mentioned this before and I think I do actually remember him playing the baddie in um, what's that Steve Carell spy movie I've spoiled it now Get Smart I think is he's in that and again this is this is older so maybe he's changed his uh, yeah he's definitely well I, I think that I think it's changed since his big uh, like his big break in Hollywood is when this stuff has changed over so um, you know, it's kind of like how the Fast and the Furious has those contracts where, like, you know, they can only get beaten up as much as the other person gets beaten up to make sure none of them get beaten up too much. Because God forbid, you know, The Rock when they he might plays look weak. Ends, 
the, yeah, you know, the, the God forbid the Rock gets pretend beaten up in the pretend movie and people think less of the Rock as a person because, you know, no one will ever figure out the Fast and Furious isn't fucking real. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, it really bothers me. So he's like, he was playing, uh, he's playing Black Adam coming up soon. He's been posting a lot on Instagram. I think filming is done for this movie now. And, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. I'll, I'll go see the Rock in a... I heard Shazam was very good. I never sat down to watch it, but I'll go see The Rock in a superhero movie, you know, just to kind of see what's what's what. But I'm getting I'm I'm getting real pissed off with this fucking I'm not going to play the role as it's written shit. I'm not going to say the line. Like you know, I think it's I think it's a a real level of like I guess just unprofessional schlockiness where it's like, "No, I'll I'll play the role, but only if the role is catered to me and rewritten for me." And it's like, "Well, then don't play the role." You know, let's get someone else in then. I I just I don't have time for this. Um and realistically, like this is like fucking. Imagine if if in Terminator One, Arnold Schwarzenegger had gotten his way and played the human instead of the Terminator. That would have been shit. Mm. That would have been a really shit movie. And I think it's the same thing this time around, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna play Black Adam, and yeah, he's normally a villain, but for me, he's not a villain. He's mostly a hero. And it's like, have a fuck off, dude. Have a fuck off. Come on, get out of here. Get someone else in then. Let's give the role to Vin Diesel. I bet he'll read the lines. To be fair, though, Dwayne was was a pretty good sport when he was on with us. He did a whole like read back of, you know, the you can't handle the truth scene. That was that was really rad. Dan really yeah. killed it as the prosecutor. Yeah, the I think on the he's stand. fine. You can't handle the truth. With, I think he's fine with podcasts, though. You know, I like. I think he's mm. no. Never mind. Actually, I was gonna say he probably played a bad guy in SNL, but he didn't. He played Barack fucking Obama. Mm. No, in <laughs> SNL, he, did. He, he played the most heinous bad guy of all. Have you ever seen that sketch where it's like which one? It's an evil scientist uh, uh, convention, and he plays um, a scientist who invents a robot. Yeah, Ernst Stavlov mol- Blofeld? He invents a scientist that invents a robot that molests children. So everyone else is like, you know, I am going to steal the moon, or, you know, with my gold machine, I'll make so much <laughs> gold, I'll be rich. And he's like, I made the most evil robot I could think of. This robot molests children. Is that a real sketch? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Holy shit. You can, you can hear the audience. Grim. You can hear the audience at the time. It's like, oh, I'm not sure I'm happy with this one. And the but also, they're not going to... Well, but yeah, what are they going to do? Are they going to try and boo him? He'll fucking molest you. Look at the size of the man. You have no chance. You know, you just got to fucking clap and wave. You got you to gotta sit through the, through the sketch. Okay, fair uh, enough, he, fair he enough. He didn't write it. I, uh, <laughs> he didn't quibble with I, it. Actually, the original sketch called for the robot to like blow up cars or something. He was like, no, I think we go the molest children route. I think that's the evil <laughs> More robot. More on brand. Yeah. And then like they, they said no all day. The script was handed out. And then he decided on stage, I'm just going to say the molest children line. Because how are they going to stop me? It's live. And he, he got away with it. That has to have happened a bunch of times on SNL. Like, I know what happens with the music. It's always famous musicians who fuck up. Like it's always like Elvis Costello oh. plays the wrong song, or John Frusciante is too shit faced out of his mind to actually play in time. But some of the performers must have been like, "I'm just going to say an improvised hilarious line and I completely fuck up the yeah. show." Well, let me tell you, I wish they had done that when Elon Musk was on, <laughs> because oof, oh, they, that would have uh, that would have been the time to do it. If you wanna, if you wanna take your funny chops out there, that would have been the time to do it. <laughs> I have never watched an episode of it, and I don't think I ever would. Because I I've only ever Saturday watched Civil... Live. Me neither. Yeah, yeah I can't. I don't have American TV. It's on. It's on a. It's on European TV now. It has been for for several years. It's not. Sky, I, I, uh, I I think it I is don't live, care to learn about it. Or it's the next day. Oh, okay, how's improv classes gone? You liking it? <laughs> it's a live improv show every week. It's literally up your alley. I wish they did more improv stuff on on SNL. Yes, uh, I just fucking. I mean, I have other trusts. I would like to see Jason. And also, watching improv is generally shit. Dan, remember this next time he invites us to a show. (laughs) We've recorded this now. (laughs) Yeah, we'll go to the show, but we'll play this clip over and over again, louder and louder through the crowd. God help us all. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I like I like SNL sketches, but I wouldn't sit down to watch the show i don't sit down to watch any show really you know i uh unless unless Aoife tells me what i'm watching i don't i don't sit down to watch any show and that's just how it works i guess it's interesting because it's still timely and i think there are a few shows <laughs> except you know I... I, guess, I guess when game of thrones is premiering and people would watch it on a certain day but it's very it's very unusual now i think 
for people to all collectively around the nation around uh, the world watch something at the same time so you know something's unfolding at the same as everyone else like outside I, of live sport i would also argue though that snl is not timely because they aim for an audience about 15 years older than us and we're all yeah. either very fastly approaching or in our early 30s so like i mean i'm pretty I, sure snl's core audience are people below the age of 18 who can't yet afford to go out i bet they don't watch night. it <laughs> i bet it skews very old and if you look at those audience shots <laughs> if you look at the audience shots for snl <laughs> i'd be right on the fucking money that it skews very old <laughs> snl demographics Let's yeah see. i'd imagine it's an older show well i mean you know it's I understand they have like younger comedians on. I understand they update the rosters and stuff like that. But like, you know, the the core sketches and kind of the stuff that they do and write and stuff is still aimed at the same people it was always aimed at. And that's fine because they're not dead. They're just older. They just have mortgages now. This is the worst possible thing. Probably. You're, you're exactly right. There, the, there you go. <laughs> the core demographic is between the age of 30 and 44. Yeah, I figured. Well, because the only people so I ever hear talk about of the SNL demographic. Well, that's it. The it's so funny in a year or two. The only people I uh, ever hear talk about SNL are people that would have graduated school when we were in like first year or second year. That kind of age group. Um, mm. Like, you know, that's the kind of age difference between the people that I hear talking about it and like people our age. And so if they're the only people I hear talking about it, I would have to assume that if you extrapolate on that, it's just going to be a much older audience in general. Like Game of Thrones, every motherfucker mm-hmm. talks mm-hmm. about it. So, you know, you know, you know Game of Thrones or like The Walking Dead when that was still really big. You know exactly who's watching it. Literally everyone. But then you have this stuff and it's like, eh. You know? If my mom talks about a show, I know it's dead. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. I, I guess I'm just more interested in the idea of the, the show that you talk about at the water cooler the next day. And I don't think that really happens anymore because I think it's more no. now, oh, have you seen this? No, I'll get to it eventually because it's yeah. part of your checklist of shows. As yeah, opposed I to think... even, do you remember being in, in school so, you know, maybe they, when we were in first year, second year, and the panel was the biggest thing in RTE. And it was actually good back when Dara O'Brien was there. So that was the thing that everyone would watch to get us together as in one room. Mm-hmm. But you know everyone, yeah. your friends are watching it at the same time as you were, and everyone will go in and discuss the shared experience the next day. And that's definitely something that I don't think exists as much anymore. No, I think it rolls around at points of the year when stuff like Love Island is on, because that's quite a large audience. I think that's that gets brought point, up quite yeah. a lot. Definitely. And, and football, and like, football, football is a hardy perennial in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Great British Bake Off is oh. another one. Um, that Who the fuck watches that? A lot of people. Great British people. Bake Off is huge. Yeah. Yeah. In this country, Great British, that was the main thing. British yeah. Bake Off trends number one every every week it's on when it's uh when it's running the new season. It's uh it's very, mm. very big. Um stuff like mm. that, you know, still like the kind of reality type shows that are, you know, condensed come up a lot. But when it comes to other ones, I guess you kinda have to you know, what was the last one? Game of Thrones, probably. Um, I know Walking Dead at one point was that, but, like, Walking Dead has to be out of that cycle for about five years easy at this point. I know the show is only just ending, but, like, who the fuck talks about Walking Dead anymore? So, how does how does the program reach that 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 that, uh, that point of inflection where no one just gives a shit about it, but it's still on? I don't know. You would have imagined it gets cancelled. I mean, obviously, uh, that's the yeah. dream for any major show or a serial. And obviously, there must be some point at which they have to say, lads, it's time to call time on that. But I wonder when that is. I mean, it depends. Like, one of the things that's funny is that there was a show out recently called Man With A Plan. And it was, a, it mm-hmm. was like a generic family sitcom that starred Matt LeBlanc. And it was actually a very well-viewed show. But they cancelled yeah. it because even though the ratings were super steady... Matt LeBlanc was just too expensive, so they just didn't want to run the show anymore, so they just axed it. (laughs) And it's one of the really weird ones where it's like, hey, here's a show that's like, it's cheap to produce, and it gets a lot of viewers, and it's in a great time slot for us, but we have to axe it because Matt LeBlanc's paycheck goes up every year, and we can't afford to keep making the show. Oh, that's great. There was, um, there was three separate power cuts in the CCJ building today, because the power went in Dublin 7 and Dublin 8, and the third time two guards got stuck in the lifts, (laughs) <laughs> oh that's really funny you should have pissed on the uh, door so they had to smell piss all afternoon <laughs> well i don't think they got stuck that long like you couldn't oh. rely on the lifts being gone that long to pee on them and get away with it <laughs> the door opens as you're pissing into the fucking lift <laughs> <laughs> oh hi guard sorry i was caught short oh uh, this isn't the bathroom sorry it was dark out here <laughs> 
Okay, Dan, go with your topic. Yeah, Grant. So yeah, so this segues quite nicely then into into what I was going to talk about this week, which was I know this. So this started when I was at home um, in Cork, and I was looking at all my old childhood and teenage years DVD sets and everything. Another thing, a lot of porn. See anymore? Yeah, a lot of. It was very weird that my parents let me buy that. All that porn. <laughs> no, but it's a dying industry, thing. Dan. Fair play to you for keeping it alive. But the one I'd forgotten about that was huge, uh, kind of with, with my group, my my age group, when you bought all the box sets for was Family Guy, and I could see season one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe then a gap, and eight, and then maybe ten or something, and it really trailed off, and it got it started me thinking about the shows that you watched decline in real time, like the shows that you followed. And you saw it got worse and worse and worse until you stopped. Okay. So not something like The Simpsons, really, where you just sort of fade away and you come back and you're like, "Oh, this is not good anymore." Or not Walking something that stopped. Well, yeah, Walking Dead. I I sort of was never Turned back into the on Talking Walking. Dead. And people said that to me, and then I, you couldn't unsee it. But it was definitely the Talking Dead. He was talking about action sequences. They didn't happen. The end. Remember that time we killed those thirty zombies? That was fucking rad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just that's it. We've done a clip show. Ah, uh, more interpersonal tension between the cast. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I'm not a big TV guy, so I'm trying to think now what I would have watched and then just kind of lost interest in. Well, um, one thing that Steve said that sparked my memory earlier was Scrubs. Okay. And there's a fairly sharp decline in Scrubs around, I think, the final time JD and Elliot get together, or slightly, maybe slightly before then. So the last season or two, everyone talks about how it declined with the new interns coming in, but it was definitely on the slow decline before then. Everyone starts getting when everyone's face starts getting weird. Yeah, well, that that's weird. So we're watching Scrubs at the minute now, and uh, I mean, I still like Scrubs a lot. I think Scrubs is is still a very, a very good show. Although there's a weird point where, like, about season four in Scrubs it changes to a very, very Bill Lawrence style of filmmaking. And it's kind of how he shoots and sets up all of his scenes and everything. And you can, I, as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, this is when he invented this style for himself. Like, this is when he picks this style as how he likes to do all of this. Yeah. And he just continues on that for the rest of his career. Isn't like one like, of the things, like the camera starts stationary and characters will come in and it'll like swing towards them. So like, and just, but like just like, when you're turning to look at them come in. Even the way he sets up his shots changes from like about season four onwards. Like it's a very noticeable, like you know, it's you kind of have to look at it. Like if you look at it side by side, you can very clearly tell when he changes. But it's a very Bill Lawrence style. Like if you look at anything post Scrubs that he does, like when he did Cougar Town and that kind of stuff, they're all shot the exact same. But he picks that up like early on in Scrubs. This is when he decides like this is how I'm gonna make this show. And then he settles on that. Like, that's him forever now. They definitely change. They do change massively, uh, yeah, like, between seasons one and two and everything else. Like, even style-wise. Like, the way they have... Uh, the whole like, hospital changes they, after season one. Like, like in terms of the actual hospital mm-hmm. they use. That's what I didn't, yeah, I've never hospital, noticed that. The hospital set in season one changes completely for season two. And I never noticed it before. But when we went back and watched it, I was like, oh, shit, this is a different oh. hospital. <laughs> like the set that they had for the first season is a completely different set because I guess that was just the set they had and then they had to redo it for the next season and it's a completely but, new set. Well, the one I noticed <laughs> is that they have Zach Braff playing JD in the first like two seasons as somewhat like shy and a bit sad, you know, and very very kind of indie type character. And then around season three, they're like, okay, actually, the exact opposite. You're basically always having a daydream. Yeah. Well, that's uh, we've talked about this before, but I think that like nearly every big hit comedy is super pretentious in its first season, and then mm. it settles into a it settles into a uh, like a these pattern. Are the, yeah, these are the silly characters we like, and let's just have like, them be silly now. Yeah, like How I Met Your Mother season one is so weird to see compared to like how it follows on from that. Like it's a mm. it's really weird, and like they try and throw in like real subtle jokes and stuff, and it's really not. Like, it's not the audience it has, and it's really not how the show fits either. And then season two rolls around, and they change all of that. They're like, hey, yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> we got the formula. We know how the characters are supposed to act. Great. This is, this is how we do it from now on. But yeah, that's, that's like every show. Like, every, every like comedy, like, big, big hit comedy is real pretentious in season one. Friends is the exact same way. Like, they walk into the coffee shop, and, like, Phoebe's, like, a real weird hippie character, and she's cleansing his aura as he tries to drink his Americano or whatever. Uh- and he like waves her off and tells her to stop cleansing his aura and stuff like that. Like I guess it's I guess they find my aura. They find what they like and they find what they don't like, I guess. Which is then you kind of have to wonder what shows are the most consistent throughout. Like Arrested Development is the same show for its first three seasons. 
I mean, Seinfeld, probably, right? Yeah, Seinfeld's pretty consistent. I've only I've only seen Seinfeld in like bits and bobs, so I've only seen like I like I couldn't even tell you which episodes are which. I've just seen them randomly. I don't know where they exist in the timeline. But they're all the same. Like it's the same ep- like I like you could they could all be from the first season and I believe you. They could all be from the middle season and I believe you. Like I just yeah, it's very it's strongly there. episodic. Same with Frasier. Yeah. There's very little by way of character development in that really. I think yeah. by, by the end of it, some one of them like the father marries or has a sex life and that's a whole theme. Keeps dating. Which you is can really generally funny. tell where you are in Frasier depending on whether Niles and Daphne, Daphne. are together or not. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think yeah. they ever got together. I yeah, only got yeah, as far as season two of Frasier. They got together in like season three or something. But I guess yeah. those ones are slightly different because they're more traditionally sitcom-y. I feel like more, especially mm-hmm. more modern times, there, there was more maybe ambition around a lot of the yeah. shows. So they, that's why they start kind of pretentious to try well, to do something different. But you, you say, you say ambition. You say, you say ambition. I might say a naked rejection of sitcom formula. Um, you know, yeah, who's to say? Being ambitious about. Yeah. Yeah. This is what this is. That's not necessarily ambition. What if your ambition was to make a really good sitcom? And get it in on budget. I think what you mean is, what if you want to be filthy rich? (laughs) 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 That's a sitcom. Even Modern Family is a weird one. I I hadn't seen Modern Family when it was on the air, and we watched it last year. Um, just as one of those shows to kind of fill a gap. And like Modern Family season one is so weird compared to the newer seasons. And it's weird as well because like creepier in it. Yeah, but like I never watched these these shows as they were on. So like going back and watching them, I'm like, oh, (laughs) oh, this Hmm. is how it starts. Especially because, like, I've seen, like, maybe seen, like, a later episode here and there of certain shows. And then you go back to season one, you're like, oh, this is not the show. This is a different show. This it's is weird. a very, very different show. It's weird because they just play jokes on what makes, like, like for example, there's so many semi-racist jokes against Colombia. Because the only thing yeah. they've decided about Gloria is that she's Colombian. So it's the only yeah. character that she has for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, there's a lot of, like, real on-the-nose racism stuff in season one that's kind of a little bit too far. And then they really dial that back in later seasons where, like, you know, they'll put a racist joke in, but it's, it's, it's very tame in comparison. Yeah. Um, and it's very much like egg on the face of the person that said it. Not like, you know, hands on his hips, like, ah, foreigners in my country, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Which is season one. And it's like, oh, oh okay. Is. Modern Family is a good example, though, of something where I couldn't plausibly tell you the difference in quality between any season, and I'd pick any of them. Uh, and, 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 again, and I think, again, that's different to something like It's Always Sunny, or um always oh, sunny which just gets better and better as it goes they somehow manage to just keep it going it goes it gets better and better and better until like season 11 or 12 and then it it, it goes on a slight downhill after that but it's still very very watchable um i don't know I they won the, the one where they go to the zoo was probably one of the best episodes that was made. a good episode yeah no they've gotten better <laughs> this season i think is much better but i think the previous season as soon as the, the first is the new is the with super henchmark isn't great uh, I think it's been no. This is the one. I mean, the one where they went to the zoo. That, that oh, okay, okay. So, like, Sorry, I thought I was behind. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I can't really pick up on shows when they start to trail off. Like, I definitely lose interest in shows after a while, especially if they're too much of the exact same fucking shit. So you've never had a moment of why am I watching this or why am I still watching? Like, with family, oh, I, definitely... like, I very distinctly remember around season eight being like, I don't enjoy this at all anymore. I definitely, I definitely have those moments, but I need to finish it. Like, I've already started. I've committed my time. But that's you know, I need it finishes. To... What if it's something that's ongoing when you're watching it, so there's no end in sight? Oh, then I'll eventually just disappear. It, you know, it's like the Star Wars thing all over again. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I went to see Star Wars. What shows? It's... What shows have you recently stopped watching, Dan? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> American Horror <laughs> Story is something that I was very into for a few. Again, I don't. I feel like that's not the same because it's so different mm. each time. So you can just not like the setup. Let's but say you have the whole Netflix runway out in front of you, right? You're, there's like three seasons there sitting ready for you to binge watch. Or it's like season two has just been released, let us say. And the hype is kicking off. You've got the whole like impetus to... You, you still get the water cooler feedback, should you so desire it. There's a whole... There's plenty of incentive for you to catch up with it. What if you sat down and watched and then turned around and said, no, that was shit. I'm going to give up after like two episodes and just forget about it. Well, there's loads of shows I've tried to watch and just not enjoyed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm that way. Actually, that was me with the Sopranos. Now you've gone away again. Fuck. Come back for the Sopranos. Uh... I got for the Aoife was like real fucking like insistent on me watching the Sopranos for years, and I watched episode one, didn't get into it. I watched episode two, didn't get into it. And halfway through episode three, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I can't keep watching the show. There's like a thousand episodes, and I haven't liked any of them so far. And like, I'm supposed to really like it by the time I get to the end of the show. It's like I can't. I can't do it. 
For me, that was The Wire. Better and Call I Saul. I haven't watched it. I made it made it most of the way. I made, made it through the first season, and I was like, that was a bit of a slog. Second episode of the second season, I still don't care about these characters. I'm saying to myself, why am I looking at this? Uh, Manhunt Unabomber. I used to watch it when I was jogging on the treadmills in uh, in Fly Fit uh, in the Gaim. Okay. And yeah, and even then, it couldn't couldn't quite hold my attention. Um, sure. And what was the other one recently? Not not nothing nothing really as recent as that. I suppose I've had a lot more time for fucking binge watching stuff again, now lately. There is a um, the crown the crown have sort of petered out on yeah, after three seasons. I just couldn't I'm, go to season. Couldn't quite make it into fourth yeah, fourth I'm, season I'm just yet. The crown, I'm I enjoyed it at the start and then kind of the more modern, I guess, the less I care. But the other ones, I think there's a difference as well between a show that you never were really that sold on. You were just sort of watching and then you decide fuck this, and a show yeah. that you used to really love. And so there's almost kind of a sadness when you're like, oh, this is never going to be the same again or i don't like this at all anymore yeah i guess i guess it's just kind of how i i guess i just i guess i just consume media in a way that it doesn't really fit that kind of that kind of box i think another one for me would be parks and recreate any any michael Schur show i've said this before yeah um, upsets me or bothers me towards the end because it gets too saccharine you know, and every yeah. character achieves every dream they've ever wanted, and every half of every episode is them telling each other how much they love each other. So yeah. it's not—it's not a hate. It's not that kind of the type of decline of Family Guy, where by the end you're like, "This is just not the same show, and this is terrible." <laughs> but you're yeah. definitely like, the magic that I used to love is gone now, and yeah. I have no major impulse other than legacy loyalty to continue watching this show. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that that I, that was something that I I really didn't like about Cougar Town when we were watching it. Um, was that like it's supposed to be like a comedy drama because that's you know that's Bill Lawrence's whole shtick that's what he does um, although it's mostly just comedy like you know someone will die and that's the drama part and it's like alright well <laughs> people died it. that's you know that's just life but like yeah. there's weird like the way Cougar Town is written is so bizarre because like you know with Scrubs it's, it's you know JD starts off the episode being goofy has a patient he really likes they you know die of a they, whatever like they go with the shock or whatever and die and then he's sad towards the end of the episode because he's lost his patient you know, his personal loss the way cougar town is written and it's the same show basically just what courtney cox is like milf that's that's the, the whole fucking difference is that mm. like you know a character will be like this is my last chance for success and he'll fuck it up and you go great excellent because you know <laughs> what what is this character if he's now extraordinarily successful but then he somehow after failing succeeds even better than he did if he had have been successful and it's like what the fuck did i just watch here what <laughs> this is stupid this is really dumb do they still use the sad music that the lawrence loves so if something if when he fucks up do they still go do 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 yeah it has different music but yeah it's the they're very much in 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 the in the bill lawrence family you if you've seen scrubs you know what bill lawrence shows are like and they're all going to be like that forever mm. yeah i guess uh I guess I don't have any shows that I trailed off of. There's definitely like movies and stuff that I, I trailed away from and was never going to go back. Uh, the new Star Wars trilogy is one. I'm just not really a Star Wars guy. I was going to go see them because I know Steven's a big fan and we went with him to see episode seven. Yeah, that sounds right. Episode seven. Star um, Wars? Mm. Yeah. And I said like, okay, I'll go and see episode eight when it's out. And then when it came out, I was like, I can't do it, dude. I don't like these movies. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I was all talk. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I guess I just I don't really have shows and stuff that I trail off of. There's definitely there's shows that I probably wouldn't go back and rewatch. Uh, like you know, I liked Sabrina, like I said a couple of weeks ago, but I wouldn't go back and rewatch Sabrina, especially not the later episodes. So you know, that's kind of one where it's like, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm yeah, you know, I'm finished. That's a retrospective kind of. No, I didn't enjoy that. So if I rewatch Community, I essentially treat it as a three season show. Yeah, and I just ignore half of the show because it's just and, not. And uh, Gossip Girl and Gilmore Girls are like that too. Like I, I said already that I've watched the two of those last year, all the way through. And you know, there's parts of them that I really hated, and parts of them that were all right. There was nothing that was like particularly amazing about either one. Um, although I think the dialogue in Gilmore Girls is actually very smartly written for for the most part. Not that it's extremely clever dialogue, but just the exchanges are pretty clever. Um, but mm. I uh. Yeah, I wouldn't go back and watch either one of those either. They're too long, too schlocky, too much that I didn't like in it. So, you know, I have those kind of shows, but nothing that I kind of walked off in the middle of. Hmm. Hmm. Someone else's topic now? I've is it time I mean, for I, my topic? I guess the news. 
You know, I trailed off the news. I probably wouldn't go back and do that again. <laughs> What's the brain? You shouldn't listen to it. The news has jumped the shark, to be honest. The last year yeah. was so good for news. It'll never, it'll never well, be. Do you know what? Do you know what's definitely crap? All talk radio. Yeah, true. Well, it's just the yeah, public are willing yeah. to contribute. Why, why <laughs> would you hear from the expert on a topic when you can hear from someone who's thought about it for five minutes just before calling in? Or the type of person who's convinced that they have not to even not even phone in radio. I mean that can be that can be in many cases slightly useful, but like discussing the affairs radio. du jour, like there's very very rarely fucking market moving events. Really, just I mean, in fairness, everyone's out in a holding pattern, talk, talking about the same shit all day. I think uh, I think call in radio is the only is the only valid form of these fucking talk radio shows. Anyway, to be honest, because oh, uh, I agree. None of the hosts are particularly fucking uh, engaging. None of them are particularly charismatic. It's a real fucking bore fest, and they want me to listen to that for three hours a day. So it's like, how about you oh, fucking yeah, the worst. You know, just not doing that. What do you think about... Like, cinema tickets used to be a tenner, and now they're 11 euro. Think about that. If you, go to cinema, if you go to the cinema ten times... That's 10% one, inflation. One less movie a year. What, what do you think of that? Isn't that disgraceful? No, it's not. 6797 FM 104. Call in with your thoughts today. No, it's stupid. Fuck off, dude. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about movie prices. I don't care that some fucking dickhead is driving his car around with his insurance on. I just don't care. That's, you know, I, I don't give a shit. So, Leave me alone. So, here's my topic. Okay. We're ready and waiting, baby. Recently, I bought a surfboard. Nice. Yeah, very Happy 30th. Very pleased, yes. Happy 30th, seven months late. <laughs> so another 500 euro, 500 euro purchase goes. I'm just like, yes, definitely going to use this, you know, brand new hobby cost? again. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty mid-range. It's like a what, mid-range what, surfboard. What is I would have thought more expensive. Is it not mostly just oh, foam? The, so, you see, I'm it's, getting, two, I'm getting both answers here. You see, I have bought a mid-range longboard. So yeah, I assume longboard. Dan is saying, isn't it just foam? Adam is saying, I thought they were way more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. which which would you which of those would you like me to address first? It's a mid-range surfboard. You know, you know those things you get in the swimming pools when you were learning to swim, that like floaty board that was yeah. like you would hold. You know, a paddleboard? Yeah, pa- well maybe. Yeah, the, no, I don't I think a paddleboard is like more fancy again. Just the little like it was all, essentially just made of styrofoam and you yeah. hold that because it floated That's a paddleboard. That's right? what I assume a surfboard is, just a bigger one of those. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean it Except is made shape for a human to stand on. Lots of them are made out of like <laughs> They're made out of different foams, typically. Yeah. And sometimes they're not made out of. They're made out of foam and a mixture of foam and resin for stiffness and and all this crap. But yeah, you can literally buy foam boards that are that resin interiors and just for stiffness and a spine and they're foamy on the outside, so they're a bit softer and they're. I think I start, I mean, you might get you might get one of those as cheap as two fifty less secondhand. You could pay okay. like fifteen hundred quid for high end boards, all that shit, custom made shit, all this. It's like everything. But I was I wanted to talk about. You know the process of acquisition of gear for doing doing like shit. Yeah, I'm in that process right now. Yeah. You know the the shit I want to do is surfing. The reason I want to do it is uh, one third life crisis. <laughs> I bet I guess. And now I'm spending a significant amount of my time. Not let us say working on specific areas of my fitness, which would be of use to me in improving my surfing flexibility core strength balance all that crap i'll show you flexibility baby Whoa. Uh, yeah i really need to um really need to concentrate on some of my shoulder flexibility and looseness in that sort of area gotta yeah. get back in the old foam rolling buzz but no no instead i'm on the internet uh, doing what i normally do being the complete fucking gear fetishist that i am looking up more stuff to do with surfboards so today I was looking at different ways of securing your board more safely, more more securely when you attach to the roof of the car. There are options uh, ranging from. I was initially looking at like you can get like cable straps that are supposedly difficult to cut, but apparently the much better solution is like an insert into the place where the fin goes in the board, which you can lock using padlocks and chains and whatever else, and that seems like okay. the better call. Um. So I'm into the whole set, like, and again, once again, I'm riding into the whole secondary market of stuff to buy because of your larger purchase that you've just bought that you're now committed to. Yep. Like so eventually car. this thing is going to cost you thousands. Uh, like a little surfboard, uh, deep fat fryer attached to it. So you're on the wave and you can make yourself oh, some fucking dogs. Well, the, hab- the having of a surfboard. you're in the sea. 
So yeah, it, it was mad. It's rad. But the like the having of a so like it costs twenty euro a day to rent a surf. It costs twenty euro to rent a surfboard for a day. And of course, if you get out in the morning, mm-hmm. possibly for half a day, maybe it's more for more of a day. I don't know. I'm never out early enough. But <laughs> say on the west coast of Ireland, twenty quid to rent the surfboard for the day, and they give you they're throwing in a wetsuit for that as well. If you feel like using a mangy set. I would assume that you don't ever feel like wearing the mangy suit that they've just splashed down. Whatever. I would assume a bottle of water. I would. I would certainly be the type of person who would be continually wondering: uh, have some, Has someone peed in the suit? Do I need to pee in the suit to create my own protective layer of pee against other people's layers of pee? You got to pee. That's interesting. Whenever I think of <laughs> you any, shit. no. Whenever I think of <laughs> it's a big whenever, diaper, isn't it? Whenever I think of any dude in any situation i just automatically think how did they manage to come in this and that's just my fucking go-to that's what the surfboard is it's just there to get you off it's the same one like on the cusp of the wave and you ride your wave to the cusp it's the same as like even when you're in a gym shower if i get into the shower at the gym after a workout i immediately think like some dude has jerked off in here probably in the last like hour because it's just yeah it's just dan's go-to Dan's go-to was that, you know, if he was wearing the mangy wetsuit, he would assume someone has pissed in it. Which is an interesting way where, where his mind goes, because I think It's a pretty he, reasonable assumption, yeah. They, like, they, but what they I'm saying is that... They literally, they literally market, like, wetsuit cleaner as piss off. That's what <laughs> well, it's like, called. What it's I mean is that name. my mind doesn't go to, a guy has pissed in here. I wouldn't have even thought of that. It never would have come into my head. But mm. if I go into, like, a gym shower, I would immediately assume that a guy has jerked off in that shower, probably recently. You know, is that I, because I think... society ine- inevitably, fundamentally uh, associates gyms with like male vanity and gay sex? Is that no, what it's it is? because I, I assume just... that if you leave a dude alone for long enough, he's gonna fucking play with his cock. I uh, you know, and I and I I feel like when we were in the foggy Jew one night, and I went down to go to the bathroom, and I seen a fucking water come on the fucking toilet seat. That's stuck in my mind ever since I was like nineteen, and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that some dude, for whatever reason, jerked off into a toilet in the foggy Jew, which it has, by the way, is I didn't the, need to think about that. Is the gnarliest bathrooms in the entire fucking world. I have never been in a bathroom worse than the foggy Jew. I have been in bathrooms where homeless people have been washing their balls in the sink, and that is still a cleaner bathroom than the foggy Jew bathrooms in Dublin City. And someone managed to jerk off till they finished in there. Fucking good luck. If you did that there, you've definitely jerked off everywhere in the fucking world. What a performance. In uh, in Russell Brand's memoir, autobiography, whatever he talks about when he was big into drugs, jerking a guy off in a bathroom somewhere in London uh, to get money for heroin or whatever. But he describes how the cum shoots into the air and he calls it grey-tinged. And it's the most disgusting image. Grey-tinged. Yeah, and just Ugh. such an, uh, you know, it doesn't use fancy language. It doesn't. It doesn't use anything overly specific or evocative or flowery, and yet it sticks in your fucking head. <laughs> I, I should hope it. I should hope it doesn't. Man, imagine if you were a guy that got Russell Brand to jerk you off for a fucking for a tenner or whatever. Like you have a dinner party story for the rest of your life. Imagine, imagine, yeah, you get this guy jerking you off, and then years later you see he's become famous. He's yeah. starring in fucking forgetting Sarah Marshall, and you're like, I hope he never writes about the comes about the about the hand job in his <laughs> memoir. <laughs> I like that's just what a great story to end up with. I wouldn't even care that it makes you sound like a weird loser. Like what a great story. Now guys, you know I'm a weird loser, but also <laughs> For the yeah, sake like of I would. Party, I'll tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> I did give a guy I fifteen funded... quid to jerk me off in a bathroom one time, but also it was Russell Brand. <laughs> I funded the worst period of Russell Brand's life <laughs> so far. I Excellent. contributed to human misery, the human Boy. misery of a later successful TV personality. Hey, I yeah. want to get him to the Greek. We've all suffered for Russell Brand. That is true. <sighs> anyway, okay. surfboards. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, surfboards. Sorry, before before my internet connection went dead there again, I was just uh, listing out all of the various associated costs to my surfboard, which I now estimate are two hundred euro, which is forty percent of the original cost of the surfboard. Anyway, I still haven't put it in the water. <laughs> I spent, <laughs> spent like seven hundred and fifty euro already, and what I still haven't put it in the water. So what? What accessories? With the surfboard specifically, yeah, uh, shakshwaksh. Um, well, board wax is how it's marketed. Um, a leash for the surfboard, and you then a walk off. 
And then also I have the dual use items of some ratchet straps. I was going, but I was thinking I might just get some, you know, cinch down tie downs, which are slightly easier to put on and off than the ratchets because they're a lot of they're a pain in the hole to use. And which of these are contributing the most to a two hundred euro price tag? The two hundred euro extra. Well, it's a hundred and third, probably one hundred and fifteen or something for the for the roof racks plus five to have them delivered. That was the largest single cost. Then another sixty five for the leash. I got a good one because the last time I was I used my cousin's board, I broke the leash on his one and I had to buy him a new one. So I got myself. But a also, one. in fairness, you'd rather have that than lose your fucking five hundred euro surfboard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it makes perfect sense. Or, or for my surfboard to lose me. Oh, it, that, that's true. Yeah. One of you is getting carried back to land. For for the uni, for the uninitiated, the, the leash is the part that attaches to your back foot, and and they don't uh, sell also, that with it. No, no, then that's the racket. Of course not. Yeah, there's a lot of fuckers who are going in excited with their first surfboard, not thinking they need to buy a leash and they lose it in their first, uh, first go of it. You see him coming back in sodden and sad <laughs> into the surfboard shop, being like, "Another one, please." Don't worry, we have a discount. You know, we knock a hundred euro off after you fucking lost your first one. They wash up down the shore and we pick them up on Tuesdays. <laughs> Resell them as genius. We just dry. We just dry them off and put them back in the shop. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, like and uh, yeah, I got to put the fins on, um, and and considering getting different straps so that the ratchets don't damage the board, and oh no, it all racks up. And like, I already have my fucking wetsuit and stuff, like booties and all yeah. like, neoprene gear. I've had that stuff for years of doing outdoor yeah. adventure sports and all that crap. So. But now that I've got the board, I'm probably going to have to get a more expensive wetsuit as well, or another wetsuit on the basis that um, the wetsuit I have is is quite a thin summer wetsuit that is probably a little bit cold for the Irish cl- climate anyway. Um, somewhere between it's like somewhere between a triathlon wetsuit and a, a really summery surf wetsuit. And while I already have another wetsuit, it's like a dive wetsuit which is way too thick, and you literally can't surf in it and you far too buoyant in it. So I need to get a middle of the road wetsuit. I'm going to end up with three fucking wetsuits <laughs> because of the purchase of this surfboard. I have I, a question. How many actual suits do you have? Actual suits too. How okay. Often, okay. And how often would you go surfing for all this cost? How, like if you have to spread this cost over surfs per year, how, what's the average cost of your surf? 600 euro. Well, I think it's a lot more, it's going to be a lot more likely because like we're coming into the prime surf season now in the next like three, four months in Ireland. Yeah, bro. So, and I was, part of my plan was that like part of the reason for buying the surfboard is my summer holiday plans are just go to the West Coast and surf for something to do. Cause there's, yeah, West Coast is the best Cause coast. there's, cause there's literally nothing else to do in the West Coast expect, except spend money. Uh, yeah. Un- unless you're going to do that. Like, unless you're going to go to the beach and play volleyball with your mates and sit around and drink cans, which is also great um, in terms of solo activities uh, to do on your own in the west of Ireland, unless you want to get really into cycling around on your own, because I'm not sure any of my mates are going to want to go on holidays with me this summer, unless you guys do, do you? We'll no. see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Because all, all my friends, like Adam and Dan, are all, are all in relationships with their significant others. And I don't know if you've ever been away with a, with a couple just on your own. It's no crack. So... Yeah, my plan is to meander up and down the West Coast and see who's about. And yeah, yeah, this is the this is the large set of uh, of expenses. But now that I have the board, I'm saving the cost of petrol for one way of the journey up to the West Coast and driving up to Mondoran. I'm going to go this weekend because I have the board and I'm not going to spend as much money. Why? Because he has the board. And the board and the, surf, and the surf forecast is really good for this weekend. But you you still have to drive to Bundoran. Or what's the? Yeah, it was only a two where, and a half hour drive. No, but where are you saving the car, the car? Well, Stephen loves to drive. Cost? Oh well, I'm actually just going to crash a party. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to crash a I'm going to crash a house where some of my friends are staying and sleep on the floor. Oh okay. Sleep on the board, dude. Yeah, sleep under the board. Yeah, you put a pillow Steve on wake, the board. It's, it's now yeah. a bed. Wakes up in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I should have qualified. Sh- home surfer boy. I should have qualified that statement with sleep on the board on land. <laughs> my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> with the fins pointed downwards. Yeah. yeah. But like well, right that's... up, to, I'm getting, I'm getting right up to the position where I'm just like, maybe I should get that, that little bit of metal that sticks through the board so you can lock it to the roof of your car, kind of thing. Yeah. Like that. Or, this is, this is the level of abstraction I'm now thinking on. The pure gear fetishes in me is right. Or into Mr. It. Bean, it where you mm-hmm. uh, just cut a chunk of your roof off the car. 
put the surfboard in wow. the slot on the roof, lock it in place in the passenger seat, drive up to Bundoran. Or, Steve, my understanding is surfboards are basically ironing boards with the legs taken off, if cartoons are to be believed. So They're certainly a similar shape, yes. So why don't you uh, do that? Because I have a surfboard already. Hey, he has the surfboard. That's the you're you're missing the problem. You have a different problem. Stephen already has the board. He, he <laughs> Second question: Could I do that? Sure. <laughs> no. If I kept the legs on. Could I put take the legs the, on the seabed? Take the doily off first. Like I was really good at surfing. Whoa! You know, he's doily off first. He's so stationary. <laughs> Is it no, because the legs would immediately sink into the sand. It'd have to be a reef break. Also, Dude, it would I, only work for stills photography. Was... I assumed it was, implied, <laughs> it was implied that it was a reef break. I, I, everything I do, you should assume a reef break. Yeah, that's how that stuff works, though. It's like, uh, it's like I used to rent my camera gear for fucking years. Um, and definitely spent way more than the cost of just buying the fucking equipment until I finally bought my shit. But like, you no. buy a camera and it's like, you know, I yeah. need this particular type of camera body. And it's like, what's that? That's going to cost me about 15, 1600 quid. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, I need to get it though. Cause it does this and it does that. And <laughs> I can't get the cheaper model cause the cheaper model, I'm going to have to do workarounds to get what I need. And what's the point in doing that? So it's like, okay, I'll buy that. And it's like, okay, it's like, well, what's the lens I use all the time. This is the lens I use. It's like, okay, right. This is going to be great. So how much <laughs> is that lens? That lens is 1200 quid. And it's like, all right, well, fuck, I'm up to fucking three grand already. And then it's like, all right. <laughs> Well, now I need to get the fucking shotgun mic to go with it. And it's like, how much is the shotgun mic? Well, the shotgun mic is 280. And it's like, motherfucker. All right. So you have that open. It's like, well, I need extra batteries. It's like, well, they're 90 quid a pop. And it's like, fucking Jesus Christ, dude. So by the time you're fucking done, it's like, great. I've just spent fucking five grand now on this fucking stuff. Because you bought the one thing that you needed and you need nine other things to go with it. And they're all separate. Yeah. And that's like a fucking video game console too. You go in and it's like, all right, how much is the fucking PlayStation? Like it's 400 quid. And you're like, all right, here's your 400 quid. And they go, okay. And they're like, and I'll have that fucking Call of Duty game with it. And they go, yeah, that's Jeez, 90 euro. And you go, fuck, fuck you. You know, you know, fuck you. Like, I just like, okay. And what's the charging? How do I charge the controller? Well, you need to buy this charge cable. That's 25 euro. And it's like, I can't fucking win. There's no winning here. The charge cable doesn't come with the default Game? I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. You know what it's like. There's a million accessories that are all like needed or not needed or fucking, you know, that's just how stuff is. What's the last thing you bought, Dan, that took a bunch of, uh, had a bunch of like, money for me. yeah. Well, probably the first board game I got where I realized I really Engagement ring? board games. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good, yeah. That's what I should have yeah. said. The first copy the... I bought in Nuria has had a lot of add ons since. Uh, Aoife, if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to say the price of the ring, so don't listen. Um, I stole it. So, um, <laughs> I saved a fortune that way. I saw this lovely couple in the park, and I went, Aoife would love that ring, and I just hit them in the back of the fucking head and kept running. Speaking of stealing, Steve is a fool for spending all this money on his surfing lifestyle. That's true. If, if, if Point Break has taught me anything, it's that he can just rob banks to fund the surfing lifestyle with no consequences. Yeah. Yeah, the engagement ring thing is funny too because it's like, oh, you spend all this money, and you're like, all right, fuck. Well, this is a, this is a ginormous expense. But it's like, at least it's just a once off, and then you buy that, yeah. and, you kind of go, and you go, well, shit, it's not a once off. So then you have to book the venue, and the fucking venue costs, you know, five grand for the fucking night, and it's like, shit, oh, uh, fuck. All right, okay, and then, well, I, you know, you need a band. And it's like, how much is the band? The band is like, well, you know, we'll play all night, and it's like, excellent, love that, and they're like, okay, well, that'll be twenty two hundred quid, and you're like, fucking, okay, and then it's like, yeah. all right, well, what's the food? And they're like, well, don't worry, the food is cheap. And it's like, okay. Only 80 euro person. You're like, I, uh, okay. And then it's like, well, at least all that sorted. And then you realize like, shit, now I have to buy the wedding ring. And it's like, well, now that's out. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other day I was getting stressed by the concept of um, a honeymoon because I was like, we've already spent the money on the wedding. How can we, how can we enjoy ourselves at a time like this? Oh, I'm telling, I'm spending a lot of money on the honeymoon. I am, I am going fucking full ham on the honeymoon. Where are you um, going? Uh, we haven't fully decided yet, but I want it to be somewhere tropical, and I, you know, I, I'm sparing no fucking expense on the honeymoon. It's a once-off trip, and it's like I am definitely fucking going all out for it. There is no way in hell I'm, I'm cheaping out on the honeymoon. Okay, I, well, yeah, go. No, I just feel like my, I feel like I have the opposite, probably unhealthy attitude towards a honeymoon, which is that <laughs> it'll, it'll come eventually. You know, we'll do yeah. it. I know this is one of those sad things that when, like, your kids, when you're like 60, when you're 60, your kids are like, you never got to go on a honeymoon? There was never any time. That's my impression <laughs> of what a 60 year old sounds like. <laughs> What's that, I mean, Sonny? 
I think there's definitely merit to holding off. So, like, our honeymoon will not be anytime quickly after the wedding because we have a bunch of other life things that are in the way. We could do it. But it's like, you know, you're just coming off this gigantic fucking party that you had to organize. And, no. you know, that was really stressful and really expensive. And then the idea of immediately jumping in and forking out all of this money for a, basically a super elaborate, mm-hmm. a super extravagant holiday is like, eh, this is a little bit, this is a little bit hard to swallow um, all at once. So, I mean, it, there's definitely merits to holding off for a while. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you think, I think you have to go. You have to go pretty hard for the honeymoon. Like, not you don't have to spend like fucking ten grand a night or whatever. You know, definitely do it within a budget that makes sense to you as a person. But like, yeah, I think I think the I think the honeymoon is a fair thing to go. Like, you know what? We need to go all out on this because this is a one time thing. Yeah. Well, it's like the wedding, right? Like, if we were if we ever did like some kind of fucking vow renewal thing, I can tell you one thing: it would definitely not be expensive. It would be a very very tiny ceremony. <laughs> it would be a very very tiny ceremony, and it would probably be somewhere private, like a fucking back garden or something that's just been decorated for the weekend. Like there was, there's no way it would be a whole fucking elaborate thing where these psychopaths get together every five years to redo their wedding. That's insanity. That you can thing? just have a birthday party. That's good. Well, I want to. When we have more, when we have more space, I want to do. Yeah, but these people are nuts, dude. When I have more space, I want to. I feel like I want to take over Halloween. I think I want that to be my holiday. Like I, that I have a, I have is a that, Halloween party every that, year. Is that why you've had your wedding in October? Is it going to be a Halloween themed wedding? First of all, the wedding's November. <laughs> <laughs> so please show up at the right date. Um, no, so I, nobody, nobody, uh, nobody ever tells me these things. When is the when is the wedding? I have told you the date a million times, dude. What do you mean I haven't told you? I've told Steve, everybody. Steve, Steve, if it doesn't say in my diary, I haven't been told. You've been told Steven's a million name. times. Also, don't announce it on the podcast. Tell them afterwards. It's uh, November 1st, 2021. If anyone wants to show up, we will be in West Cork. All, all, I, all, I, have, all I have in my diary for November is Monday the 8th, which I've down in red pen as invoice day. Okay, hold on. Yeah, that's here. it. That's what we're calling it. Oh, I've got your, I've got your wedding down for the 28th of November. There you go, dude. <laughs> thought you said it was the first of November. I thought it was a joke. He was, was throwing. He was, he was throwing off the fans who wanted to come. The fans. I was kidding. It was a you better, you better. You're gonna have to bleep that then. No. Twenty eighth of November. <laughs> All right then. That's okay, gonna be the title of the episode. You see, your problem, your problem, Adam, is that there's only a very limited set of wedding venues in the country that are actually going to be open for a wedding of your size, and you probably, given the obsessives, enough information to work with. I'm gonna be like five or ten venues to actually check that day. Hey, that's fine. I'll glass a bitch that shows up to my fucking wedding uninvited. Like that's not a problem with me. Um, what? Uh... Yeah, I think you, that's fine. You, clear, you clearly have someone in mind to show up, don't you? Yeah, that's why I've invited them. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, the concept of an invite. There's gonna be a champagne bottle at the altar that I'm gonna fuck <laughs> across the fucking room full tilt at somebody, and that'll be the like, one that you know. Was like the hammer of Thor. Yeah. It returns to you afterwards. Um, okay, and with that, I think we can wrap up. Eight. This has been episode 22 of Morning Brew. Do not show up to my wedding. I am Adam Sheridan. It's the 28th. Feel free to come. I have a plus one. What's your name? Contact me through the contact contact me through the show. It's Stephen Burke. And I'm Daniel Person. It's Stephen about to lose his plus one Burke. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. Uh, iTunes and Spotify and all the rest of the shit. Fucking do whatever.